This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 7th of March. In your Squiz today, remembering two greats of Aussie cricket. The flood crisis set to worsen in New South Wales. Russia is accused of targeting Ukrainian civilians. And finding the missing women's music of old. This is your Squiz today. It's been a rough weekend for cricket fans after two giants of the game, Shane Warne and Rod Marsh, died on Friday. We'll start with Shane Warne. He was with friends in Koh Samui in Thailand. And while the cause of his death is still to be determined, it's believed he had a heart attack. You don't have to be a cricket fan to know quite a bit about Warney. He's been a feature for three decades for what he did on and off the field. And Claire, he was a unique sportsman and quite a character too. Yeah, unique is one way of putting it. Uh, Just to start at the start of his life, he broke both of his legs in a playground accident when he was really quite young, a kindergartner, and he had to scoot around by lying on his stomach on a trolley for six months. And he said that that gave him strong wrists and forearms at a really early age, which was perfect preparation for what was to come next in his leg spin bowling career. His first love was Aussie rules football. He was told by AFL club St Kilda uh, when he was 18 years old that he wasn't going to be good enough to make it into the top grades so he decided to double down on a cricketing career. Uh, He worked really hard at it. It took some years uh, for him to get to the Australian team uh, and then it took about 18 months for him to cement his place in that team. He did that with uh, his first ball of the Ashes series uh, in 1993 when he delivered the ball of the century. Uh, That was something that has been viewed millions and millions of times uh, by analysts and by fans to work out exactly what he did and the magic that he brought to his bowling. And Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews announced the MCG's mega Great Southern Stand will be renamed the SK Warn Stand in his honour. Just hours before his death, Claire, Warn tweeted about his sorrow over news that Rod Marsh had died after suffering a heart attack just a week before. Marsh was a superstar of cricket a couple of generations before Warren's era. Yeah, he was a huge figure of Australian cricket between 1970 and 1984. He was one of cricket's greatest ever wicket keepers. Uh, He had a truly special relationship with uh, Dennis Lilly, who was a legendary fast bowler of that era. Court Marsh bowled Lilly. That was in the record books 95 times, and that's a record that still stands today. Uh, He was known as a lovable larrikin. He really did like a drink. He liked a bit of a joke. And he had quite a stellar career uh, in cricket beyond his playing days. He headed up the Australian Cricket Academy in Adelaide and he was one of Australia's top selectors. And both these men will have state funerals in recognition of their service to Australia. We've done a squeeze shortcut on Shane Warne and Rod Marsh's life and times. That's waiting for you this morning. 
Rain has continued to bucket down in parts of New South Wales over the weekend. In the north of the state, 1,086 millimetres of rain fell in the region west of Byron Bay, putting already sodden communities under more pressure. Claire, there are now warnings that flooding could get worse this week. I had to fact check that 1,086 millimetres of rain at Ukai. It's just an extraordinary amount of rain. It's almost Sydney's annual rainfall, so it's just incredible incredible when you Mm. think about the amount of water that is coming through that system and you can understand why the floods are as bad as they are with rainfalls like that. Uh, As you say, getting worse this week, there's more rain on the way uh, in the north of the state as well as west of Sydney when you look at that Hawkesbury and Nepean River catchments. As for the assessment of the damage so far, they say that there's more than 2,000 homes uh, and businesses that have been destroyed in the Northern Rivers region their homes that won't be able to be uh, inhabited again. They'll need to be destroyed and rebuilt. Uh, And in Queensland, there's more than 26,000 claims that have been made for disaster support. So a lot of pain up there too. Yeah, the cleanup is really on in earnest in the southeastern corner of the state in Queensland. And yesterday, Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk announced the government would begin its flood appeal with a $2.1 million donation. Overseas now to the war in Ukraine, where the US Secretary of State Antony Blinken has accused Russia of targeting civilians and possibly committing war crimes. Claire, Blinken's claims come as the Ukrainian city of Mariupol tries to evacuate its citizens from the relentless Russian bombing attack. Yeah, Russian officials and Ukrainian officials had agreed uh, humanitarian corridors where people could be evacuated, but it looks like Russian shelling has recommenced and broken that agreement. Reports say that there's 400,000 people stuck in that city and they don't have access to food, water, power or heating. It's particularly cold there at the moment, so there's lots of concerns for the people there. And Russia's bombing campaign has prompted Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky to plead with the West to implement a no-fly zone over his country. That would see NATO forces engaging directly with Russian planes, potentially even shooting them out of the sky if necessary, which at this stage the West is not prepared to do. China's economic health is a global concern and on the weekend Premier Li Keqiang gave an important address where he said that China's growth rate will be set at 5.5%. That's down from 8.1% last year and all of this has potentially big implications not just for the world economy but also for Australia, Claire. Yeah, as they say, if uh, China gets a sniffle then many other nations' economies get a cold. Uh, China is also cutting interest rates. It's Uh, looking to do more around tax cuts. So it's really trying to rev up its economy. Also, a lot of questions about China's bigger place uh, in the world at the moment, Uh, not just its economy, but strategically. And there's lots of questions, of course, looking at the situation in Ukraine uh, and wondering that if China does want to press its claim on Taiwan, uh, what that might mean for other countries. Uh, Australia had previously said that it would come to Taiwan's 
aid. But what Defence Minister Peter Dutton said yesterday is that we might not necessarily have troops on the ground. If that was to happen, we may send weapons to Taiwan. It's all a bit of a hypothetical, but lots of parallels with Ukraine being explored. Peter Dutton also said that the government might acquire nuclear submarines earlier than the expected 2040 timeline. And some more details might be revealed today by the Prime Minister Scott Morrison in a speech to the Lowy Institute. You can barely move for heavy news at the moment, so a change of pace is in order, Claire. Tomorrow is International Women's Day. I'm sure many listeners have something in their diary to mark that day. In the UK, BBC's Radio 3 has found a unique way of celebrating it, and it has something to do with madrigals. Do you know what a madrigal is? I had to I look had it to up. Look it up. I had to look it up. I can't lie. <laughs> it's an unaccompanied vocal piece on a secular text developed Developed especially in the 16th and 17th centuries. Basically, you if you think back to that sort of period, it's unaccompanied uh, sort of choral music, but about five or six voices, very intricate songs. And Madalena Casalana was the first female composer to publish her own music. And at the time, it was really a period where women were very discouraged from actually uh, venturing into that sort of realm. Uh, she brought out three books of madrigals, so these songs uh, under her own name in the 16th century, uh, although there's only one collection that had survived complete and they've done a lot of work to dig them up. Uh, they've found them and put them back together, not all of them, but some of them, and it's going to be the first time in 400 years that they've been performed. Uh, that's happening, as you say, by the BBC to mark International Women's Day. Yeah, it's really cool actually, isn't it? The discovery of these missing part books has been touted by experts as one of the most important discoveries in music in recent times and with song titles like Breeze That Murmurs in the Woods, the BBC might have a hit on its hands. And Claire, before we go, there's some exciting news this morning from our colleagues at Sport Today. Yeah, exciting news from the Sport Today team. They are releasing a Sport Today newsletter. Uh, it's going to be all the news updates in your inbox uh, every weekday morning at seven o'clock. So that's really exciting. Uh, they also have a new podcast out this week. If you're getting into AFL and NRL tipping season uh, on Thursday morning, they'll have a very quick podcast where you can have a quick listen, uh, get across what to tip that week and it's guaranteed to put you up the top of the league I reckon. I'm really looking forward to that one Claire. I get pretty competitive around sports tipping time and we are heading into winter soonish. If you want to have a listen to the trailer for Don't Forget Your Tips just search for it in your podcast app. Thanks for your time this morning. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> 